Join us on Archetypes, a dynamic podcast hosted by Megan, the Duchess of Sussex, as she digs into the labels that try to hold women back. In each intimate and candid conversation, Megan is joined by guests like Serena Williams, Mariah Carey, Paris Hilton, Issa Rae, and Trevor Noah as they delve into the roots of countless common descriptors of women, like diva, crazy, dumb blonde, and the B word, and redefine and reclaim each identity along the way. The complete season of Archetypes is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the dough, where cash is queen and we hardly know her, but we're still here figuring her out together. Because y'all, season two is here, okay? Hosted every week by me, X Maya. Remember, I'm going to be talking to all types of people about their relationship to money. Reality stars, entrepreneurs, financial experts, and even some of my own friends. Basically, anyone who will get real with me about their dollars. How they make money, how they spend it, and how they save it. Because I'm trying to retire early, people. Season 2 of The Dough is out on March 21st, wherever you get your podcasts. Lemonada. I'm Kiki Monique, and this is I'm Sorry, the unapologetic show about apologies. And this week, it is so hot in L.A. that I realize I won't survive in hell, so I must change my ways. Uh (laughs) (laughs) And this is Mohana Dilshaykhi, and I'm in New York City, which means I can survive in hell. And I'm going to remain the same. And I'm Oja Lopez, and this week, it's my birthday! Happy Virgo season, bitches! Happy 26th birthday, Oja. Thank you so much. I'm nubile. I'm young. My knees yes. are incredibly flexible. I have no problems. Bad news. Uh, no more Leonardo DiCaprio for you. I know. Oh, I'm out of the so bucket. Bad. Yeah, um, you're out. I'm done. Yeah. And, and you know what? I'm okay with it. Um, but I have to celebrate this very special occasion today. Um, with my very best friend, Stacy is here. Welcome, Stacy Lynn Daniels. She is the single greatest hairstylist in the entire city of Houston at Satori Salon right now. And also, she didn't ask me to plug her, but I always will because she's my friend. Welcome, Stacy. I love you. Hi, Hello, Stacy. Oh, my God. I love y'all. This is so exciting. Um, I wish we had known we could bring our friends to birthday days. Yeah. <laughs> Kiki, ask for what you want. Ask for what you need. This is true. Manifest. <laughs> I've manifested Stacy into this Zoom call with you guys um, because Stacy is my best friend. We've been best friends uh, for maybe like five or six years or something like that. But we've been orbiting each other's lives for like 15 or something like that. Okay. To be fat in Houston is yeah. a small community. It's a small community. Um, of, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of fat people in Houston, but you know, we don't hang out with them, I guess. Here's what I love about long, long-term friendships is that like you keep each other's secrets and nobody has to know, like they, they're the only ones who know the real you. And it kind of leads me into like, I'm sorry, but. Ooh, okay. The Big Lebowski is not a great film. It's never been a great film. And I, only my friends know that I believe this. And I feel like I can share it with you because you guys have now become my friends. But I'm sorry. I have tried to watch that movie. There was a time when I would tell other people the movie was great too because I believed it 
only because of like mob mentality, but no, I didn't actually believe it. It's not a great film. I will never like it. And I'm sorry, but it's just not, it's just not good. It's a bad movie. What do you guys think? I think any movie with a guy in a robe, like that orbits around a guy in a robe, like this is not highbrow. It's not good. <laughs> it's boring. Jeff Bridges hot would do, but the movie John Goodman would do too. So, Oh, John Goodman would do hard. Yeah. But that's the thing though. I feel, I feel like there's a, a lot of like movies or TV shows that are like cult following. And if you point out all of the bad things in that movie or the show they're just like no but you don't get it that's part of the bit exactly i hate that part like i get a lot of things i don't think i'm not not getting it yeah it's like so culture specific it's like the language the irony the weird 60s kind of references and the bowling culture and it's sort of like a middle-aged vibe and the way that I just don't, we just don't identify. I do not think it's a cross-cultural event. I do not think Big Lebowski holds when you're not like, I don't know, kind of like maybe like a white dude who like grew up at that time. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to do that, you know, like fail miserably in an art form and just being like, no, you don't get it. Like the bit here is that it's not good. And that's why you should watch it because I'm doing it on purpose. The way people speak about your comedy is like, it's an acquired taste. Like you, exactly. you don't have Oh that. my God. Yeah, acquire some taste. Exactly. If anyone if anyone ever describes my comedy as an acquired taste, I'll, you know, just you hear it, just come and just shoot me in the face. I don't want to be around anymore. <laughs> oh, no. Well, um, speaking of bad movies, I mean, have you seen the reviews of Don't Worry, Darling? It's is not it getting... bad? I don't well, know. I don't know. Like it's like the reviews are not great, but I will say I'm still going to see it. I'm going to watch it. Oh yeah. Oh, desperately will run to watch this movie. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'll say I'll say this about the movie. This is like this is like about this movie which is Don't Worry Darling, but also like about the uh was it in the Venice Movie Festival or something? Venice Film yes. Festival. Mm-hmm. Venice Film Festival. Uh, there's just something about those festivals when you hear like they showed this movie and it got eight minutes standing ovation. Uh, they showed this and it got it's people been standing and clapping for four days now. I'm just like I don't get why is it like some, like a mark of these events that you have to stand there and just clap for minutes. That's that just feels like a lot of clapping. Like anything over twenty seconds is too much. Yeah, I get tired of clapping immediately. Yeah feels awkward. You know, it even got so awkward that, I mean, Olivia and Florence even made eye contact for the first time because that's how long the ovation was going on. They had pretty much stayed away from each other the entire night. But during that, you know, ovation that just went on, they just had to acknowledge each other. Kiki, you post the best. I've been a, a long time follower of yours online for your Housewives content, but you are really hitting this Don't Worry Darling stuff. Did you see the tiktok from the different point of view where olivia's literally like kind of looking down the line and she's trying to make eye contact she's trying to get her she's like clapping everyone's clapping and she's like staring her down and florence is just like looking like everywhere else and she's like this at the end she's trying so desperately um i that somebody posted it from down at the bottom and i thought that is the that's the eyesight i needed had you seen that, Kiki? I, ha- I I hadn't seen that one specifically, but I'd seen like other ones. And like, look, it makes sense because 
Olivia should want to be besties with Florence. Florence, first of all, Florence looked amazing. Like when I think so of like cute. what I, if I were going to wear something to a film festival, was it Valentino? I believe it was Valentino. That dress, it's like part booty shorts, part, you know, mm-hmm. cape, all black, all sparkly with feather shoes. Like everything I've envisioned for a dream dress, like she's wearing her haircut, cute. I mean, and so, yeah, you want to be her bestie. And she's flying in from the Dune 2 shoot, which, you know, is going to be like the best movie, you know, that happens whenever that releases. She is like the hottest thing right now. Uh, yeah. If I were Olivia, I'd want to be getting her eyesight, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really I know you guys talked about this last week and stuff like that. So stop me if I'm going to derail. But I am so invested. I have been an Olivia Wilde hater for so many years. For oh, really? so long. Yes. It's not very girl boss of me, but like, I don't like her. And I think it's probably because she married Jason Sudeikis, who I think is my boyfriend. Okay. Is that where it started? No, no. She just always always come off as like a guy's girl. And Mm. the other Olivia, Olivia Munn, like, I don't know if you will ever talk about her, but she also is like a guy's girl. She's a cool girl. And I just don't like that. Um, I think that it just reads as false. And I think... Florence Pugh is not a guy's girl. And I think that's why this girl is like, it's just not gonna, they were never going to be friends. And that's the thing. I mean, it's like, you know, the entire thing that went down at the Venice Film Festival. I mean, look, I I think it's a work of art. Like, I would watch the movie about the making of this movie because, Mm -hmm. like, everything about it was so cringy, but just, like, entertaining. Everybody's like, call Ryan Murphy. We need feud. Don't worry, (laughs) darling. Immediately. Because it's so... It's so entertaining, but like the, you know, after like the, you know, Spitgate cleared, all of Spitgate cleared, like the, what's sort of going online today is people saying that, well, this is going to hurt all female directors in the future, because if this was a man on set that was having feuds, it would not be talked about as just like idle gossip. And I will say this, I do not agree with that take, because I think in the climate we are in, if a male director started dating the co-star or dating one of the stars, and I, I, I think we'd be talking about it. I'm sorry. What do you, I mean, don't you agree? I don't know. I think, I mean, I definitely think there's a sway. Like, I think people talk about Olivia Wilde in a way, like, there's so many directors that have done this that we haven't necessarily talked about. Like, I guess the last one that kind of comes to mind that we did talk about was the, um, you remember the whole like Kristen Stewart had an affair with the director of like the C- Cinderella movie. I guess it's not a Cinderella movie. It's a Snow White movie. Yes. While he was married and while she was still with Robert Pattinson. So that's the last time I can remember something like that that really came into the forefront. And I will say to your point, that blew the hell up. Maybe there was a little bit of like the cheating thing, but I guess there's an element of that to this too, where it's like, you don't know what the timeline is exactly. Um, I, I think I, I I don't think that I agree, Kiki, but I see your, I see your point of view in the sense that we would probably make, at least us four would make a huge fucking deal about a male director dating like a young starlet. Yeah. I just, I just think, you know, this is what I think. I think, I think the take here, the message should be any director, man or woman uh, should be called that when they do something like this, instead of just being like, no, we should not say anything about sh- what she's doing because if it was a man, we shouldn't say anything. I'm like, no, we should b- call them both out. That's what mm-hmm. 
Like we should get to male directors and call them out for the similar behavior. This is like it's the same vibe as just like we need war, more women dictators. And it's like no, we just don't need any in general. Like yeah. no men or women should do that. Let women be predators. Yeah. Do y'all think it would be even that big of a deal if it had just if she just left her husband for Harry Styles? I would leave my husband for Harry Styles. He's so gorgeous, but then I think she took it too far. The lying, the like. She had to come in and be a hero, the no assholes policy. Well, she sounds like the asshole in this. Like, um, we could have left it there. She could have just dated Harry and we would have been like, hell yeah, older woman, younger guy. And then it turned into this whole like a savior complex, which is like a very white woman thing to do. Um, and she just really circled that back around her. And I think it came calling. It came calling for her. Yeah, exactly. It's just like like we talked about this last time. Like you 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 have Chris Pine, you have Florence Pugh, you have Harry Styles in one movie. The marketing is doing itself. No one has for any of this. Like she made it sound like this movie was like the hero like the lead of the movie was some unknown actor that she needed mm-hmm. to do all of this. And I'm like you literally pissed everyone off that works with you and why? Why? For what? And it's just like, like even like the points she was trying to make were just so not good. I'm just like, <laughs> I just we need, yeah, we need to put a pause for like white feminism. It's it's too much. And that's the thing. Like, I'm not even going to jump on this bandwagon of it hurting female uh, directors yeah. until I see what happens to her career. I mean, if mm-hmm. I go to IMDb, it sounds like she has still stuff lined up. So like, I don't necessarily think this is going to hurt her. And truthfully. I think that this is some of the best marketing that could have happened. You know, like everyone had a take on Spitgate. Look, I didn't like how aggressive Chris Pine's, you know, publicist came out to just like, you know, act like we we were crazy. We, we You don't know what you saw. Like, I mean, we all have eyeballs. Like we definitely saw something happen. Right. And yeah. so just to be like, you know, we're just trying to, you know, no, we're not. We're not insane people. You know, <laughs> like. And maybe, you know, look, I like the take of maybe Harry was trying to take the heat off his girlfriend because, he, you know, they were tired of, uh, you know, he was tired of her getting, you know, basically dragged through, through the tabloids. And he's like, look, let me t- let me put some heat on me. I'm just going to spit on this guy. I don't know. Look, <laughs> I prefer at least talking about it in that way. Yeah, I honestly like I, I am. I, I am very impressed by Chris Pine whole vibe in this whole festival. Like him just like disconnecting the whole time, disassociating. Not, <laughs> the haircut. Oh my God. The glasses as soon as the lights come down and the movie starts. He's taking yes. a nap. He's going to yes. sleep, baby. He's done. Wait, do you know about this, Stacey? About do, the... well, I know. Oh yeah, I know um, all of it. But I, Kiki said something that kind of gave me pause. What happened? You said we cleared Spitgate, but how have we, how have we really cleared it? Well, I mean, as far as Chris Pine's publicist goes, mm. it's absolutely not a non-factor that these are just blatant yeah. attempts to stir drama, and and it is what it is. And he and and ve- vehemently denies that there was any spittle that happened at all. So, I mean, is it cleared for the rest of us? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. not. Chris Pine seems like the kind of guy that doesn't want the heat of that being true and doesn't even want the eyes on him of what would happen if that, if like he did admit that that had happened to him. Like it would be like a giant, like it would detract, I think, from the movie too much 
Does that make sense? Well, yeah, but here's my thing. Okay, let's say it didn't happen. Okay, then give us the reason why he stopped clapping and looked down. Then just ask ask your client. Just say like, well, what were you looking at? Yeah. And if, if Chris Pine says that he was looking for his sunglasses or a Sharpie, which I'm sorry, why would Chris Pine have a Sharpie at the Venice Film Festival? But okay, just tell us what it is. Just, it will let it go. <laughs> he said he dropped a Sharpie? Oh, well, that's what online sleuths believe. Yeah. Okay. And, and I was like, well, why would they have a Sharpie signing autographs? Chris Pine's assistant would be holding the Sharpie. Yeah. Chris Pine no. would not have a Sharpie. Mm-mm. Yeah. We, we all do sign autographs right before uh, our movie premiere <laughs> is about to start. So that makes sense to me. I might. <laughs> there. It's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. After season one aired, I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. And of course, my 90-year-old mom, Judy. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me Season 2 is out March 27th from Lemonada Media. Last Day is a show about the moments that change us. I just don't think I will ever get used to this. I'm Stephanie Whittleswax, and I have had one of these moments. We all have. So let's unpack the chaos that is our human existence together. I don't believe things happen for a reason. I don't believe the universe has a plan. Each week, I sit down with a new guest to explore happy, sad stories of transformation. It's leaning far, far into the pain. That's what it is. Listen to Last Day wherever you get your podcasts. I have a theory that either Harry did it to completely make something um, to distract. And maybe that's why he also kissed Nick Kroll. Like there was like that. And maybe that was a previous joke that Chris Pine was like, oh, that's what you're going to do. Maybe he just like did it to take the heat off her. Or I have this like wild theory in my head that Harry Styles was chewing gum and Chris Pine like said something and Harry this is a fantasy of mine where Harry Styles is like, I'm sick of this. Everyone thinks I can't do this. I'm, I'm a grown up. And then he spits his gum in his lap. And the guy's like, wow. I don't know. That's just what I made up in my head. I thought you were about to go into a homoerotic fantasy well, I could, I could go there too. Chris Pine yes. and Harry Styles. And I thought to myself, that sounds nice. Let's do that. Okay, Harry Styles and Chris Pine. All that hair? Oh, my God. Yes, they're in a river. Neither of them have shirts, right? Uh Is the river okay, or is that, like, sort of slimy? I know, I like a river. In a lake. No, you're obsessed with lakes. Okay, they're back in a river. Neither of them have shirts on. They're both singing to each other, right? It's a very lesbian Mm. fantasy. Okay. I know, but that's 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 how I roll. <laughs> Who she is, so I guess she's rolling. With <laughs> this is how she wants to be. This is how yeah. she wants to be at her um, at Oha at your like core. You're like in a river singing, a river, yeah, shirt shoeless. You know, 
That's her. That's actually a read. I really don't love to wear shoes. I would actually join a book club that was lesbians writing homoerotic porn. That actually sounds highly entertaining. I think there's plenty of websites you can get on to find that. <laughs> I bet you there's already Chris Pine and Harry Styles fan. I need to go look for mm-hmm. it. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll do it right after this. Chris Pine is the best Chris. After, after this, he proves it. He's the best Chris. Wait, better than Chris Evans? Well, I do think I could pull Chris Evans. So he holds a special place in my heart. I think he's kind of dumb. Um, I know I think Chris Pine has like the acting chops, the class, the look, those lips. I just like, yeah. his lips look kind of sunburnt or chapped and I like it. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Do you like Chris Evans more? I think I do. Okay, good. As long as you don't say prep. Kiki, do you think you could pull Chris Evans too? I she mean, could. sure. Why? You I could. just have yeah. confidence. You could. Yeah. Yeah. In a yeah, heartbeat. Yeah, I really think so. Mm-hmm. Maybe we all could. Mahana, do you think you could pull? <laughs> He's silent. Do you He's think you could pull Chris Evans? I don't know why you're saying it anymore. Or I, <laughs> I, I, have, I have never, I, I have not even put that uh, as a possibility to think I can or cannot. All I can say about Chris uh, Chris is that I thought he was Australian and then I learned he was not but he gives me that he's Australian vibes and that's why I'm not I don't really like him interesting I actually agree with you yeah I agree with you yeah he looks like the kind of people like you see him on a movie and he's like speaking an American accent and then you google him and he's like actually Australian and it'll make me mad actually I think you're really right yeah but Hemsworth is Australian but I could definitely see Pine being Australian yeah sort of spiritually kind of yeah, mm-hmm. Chris Evans can't be Australian, obviously, because he's Captain America, and it would be too much. Yeah, like the the, yeah, the whole yeah. country will riot if Captain America was from somewhere else. You know, yeah, they're, they're like they're yeah, even like liberals are just like you know what? That's where I put the line when it comes to immigrants. You know, yeah, Captain America has to be. <laughs> Born and raised. <laughs> well, we saw what's happening with House of Dragon. I mean, in a fantasy world, black people, it's making the racists very angry. <laughs> God. And Ring of Power. Did you did you hear about that, Stacey, where it's like all these people are like coming for the main guy in Rings of Power? And uh, it's like, I don't know what it is that there's certain like fantasy and lore like areas of, you know, content that mm-hmm. if there's black people in it, they get hate no matter what. I don't get it. Remember when Spider-Man was going to be a black kid? And it's like, you're you're mad that a made-up character is going to be a black kid. Like, who cares? Like, who cares? Yeah. No, they did the same with, uh, with what's her name? Ariel the Mermaid. Right. Mm-hmm. They were like, this woman that is half fish, half woman cannot be black. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> only only half fish, half women are white. Obviously, go to the ocean, Mohanan. Exactly. She was like, it's so possible. It can't. It cannot. It cannot happen. Uh, I, I've never seen a black person on a dragon before. So uh. <laughs> yeah, can't be real. I've never seen can't it. Can't be real. I've never seen it. But it's so funny because they do it like they, I mean they do it like with race, but they also do it with like other tropes as well, which is like you know like how they treat women and stuff like that. And they're just like, yeah, back then when dragons were around. They also hated women. <laughs> I'm pretty sure those people do believe that dragons did exist at some point, and that's part of the problem. True. Hmm. Yeah, true. Dude, I didn't know the dragon. I don't know what a dragon is. It's a dragon is like a lizard that bur- burns things yeah, and reptile. flies. Yeah. I guess I thought maybe, maybe it did exist like a dinosaur. <laughs> 
30, 35 billion. I don't know how long it was. 35 million, 35 billion years ago. Yeah, the dragons flew through the air. Yeah, the dragons is where the pigeons came from. They like uh, The evolution has led them to be pigeons eventually. Right. And you can go all around time. Like they have like, they still have like dragon uh, traits. Uh, if you've been to if you've been to uh, Times Square before, they, the way they come at you and they attack you at Central Park oh, as well, yeah. like this is a fucking dragon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot of people have a lot of opinions about birds. I love birds. A lot of people will not stand with you on that on that rock, Kiki. A lot of people are like, "Oh, birds are government spies." And are you really? Birds? Okay, but I just said I believed in dragons, so I don't know if you should listen. No, I know. I know. Here's my thing, okay? I obviously do not believe that... Uh, I thought it was funny, the whole conspiracy, where people like say, yeah, they're like government like drones or something. And it's so funny, because I'm like, it's not the fact that I trust the U.S. government, is that I do not think they're capable of doing <laughs> such things. Mm-hmm. Impossible of running something so smoothly. No, exactly. <laughs> no. I'm like, I'm like, this is the same government that made the security, like social security cards, on like the most destructible paper you can ever have. <laughs> it's essentially a, a, a four ply piece of toilet paper. Exactly. It's, just, it's yeah. the strongest toilet paper that exists. Is- exactly. And they're like, if anyone looks at this, if anyone looks at this number, <laughs> your life is ruined. <laughs> And like, why do, yeah, you're right. Why do we automatically blame the government when we know that like Jeff Bezos is tracking our every move through Roombas? Like, why would we at least pin it on him before the government? Because he sells me all my stuff, all my stuff I love. Because he wants to watch you. He wants to listen through you and watch you through your ring. He wants to see what size your house is and your Roomba. What a little creep Jeff Bezos is. What a little perv. Joke's on him. I love attention. (laughs) (laughs) i'm a voyeur i'm a voyeur oh fuck i went um i did a when you said the social security thing i've never realized this like the paper is so um fragile and it's like torn to shit and you know you're not allowed to um uh it's against the law to laminate the social security card yeah and you only get 10 replacements in your lifetime. And I know that because I had an ex-boyfriend who lost it like six times. Oh, and that shit. is the only reason. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? Why yeah. carry it on your the, person? The 10th the time you lose it, the 10th time that you lose it, the government will send a sniper by your window. <laughs> and I will just take you out. No, they like, send a yeah. bird, Mohanad. A bird sniper. <laughs> they, would send, they would send a bird that will, is, is supposed to drone you. It will kill 10 other civilians, but it will get you. It will get you. That's exactly yes. it. Um, and then they'll pretend that it never happened, which is exactly. always the best part of the whole thing. Okay, Absolutely. question. Just because I want to I wanna know this about you guys, and the story is kind of reminding me of this, but it's like Olivia and Harry can't. Like, they're kind of, like, hiding their relationship. Have you guys ever hid a relationship? Like, have you ever yeah. had to, like, sneak around? Absolutely. So it's it's most of my relationships. I don't <laughs> tell people about any of the people I'm screwing, dating, any of that. Oh, highly secretive. Do you remember when Issa Rae just posted an Instagram picture and was like, I am married now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nisi Nash did that too. Nisi Nash did that too. Yeah. Do you do that, Kiki, to preserve like your privacy? Is it like to not like look dumb if it ends? Like, what's your reasoning? Because I can't shut up. 
I don't like answering. Yeah, I just don't like answering questions about certain things about like, I don't know, maybe where I've met. I, I just like there's certain things I just don't like answering questions about. Now it's more like I think before it was just like, it's my business. You don't need to know any of it. Um now it's more it would be for protecting because I do have a public profile mm-hmm. and I would be like, I, sometimes I think people are going to punch me in my face in public. So I think it would be more for. Uh... <laughs> oh, my gosh. Have you ever been on a date in public? And don't tell too many details if you don't want to, but feel free. Have you ever been on a date with somebody and somebody's a fan and they come up to you and this person that you're on a date with has to deal with that? I have only had a public profile for the last like what? A year and a half so that would require me to have been on a date and had sex in the last year and, a half. <laughs> and okay, i'm not gonna it. say that that has happened yeah i'm like no there's not not been a lot of dating happening i will say i have done comedy in houston and i am not i'm not 116,000 followers on tiktok or instagram or whatever the number is but um i have been recognized in houston and the and like I'll have be with a boyfriend and they'll be like livid because they're not recognized maybe because they're performers or something and they're just like seething and I literally I can come right there I just oh, I love that there. that's hot um, I just will be so uh I go and they're just like <clears throat> they hate it so much <laughs> and I love it so I hope that happens for you well, you know what? Now you're, you're inspiring me just to go on Hinge and go out with people just so it will happen. I'm just going to traipse around L.A. everywhere until See someone it. notices yeah. me. Manifest that for yourself. They will. <laughs> I went I went, uh, <laughs> I went. went to a restaurant with my stepdad and my stepmom. Um, and uh, I got recognized from a small Disney musical that I had done <gasps> at Annoyance Theater. And two women stopped me and they told me that I was amazing. And my stepdad was like, wow, you must really be doing well. And I came right then and there as well. And I know that that's not the same. In front same, of your dad? It's actually, it's like, yeah, it was like oh, slightly awkward. That's awkward. But yeah, yeah. but it, it was incredible. It was um, so amazing. Um, wow. So I get what you're saying. Yeah. It might as well be an HBO Max show. Somebody recognized you. It's like, I saw you in that basement that one time. And that was really funny. Um, yeah. And I'll, I'll laugh. I'll, I'll live on that, you know, years oh, later. Man. Um, a- another, I guess, about hiding. I mean, I dated a married woman one time for like a year. Did I not tell you guys about this? Stacey, you know no. this. Maybe. You tell don't me again. know this? I'm sure that no. I've told you. Okay, so I dated this. I won't say their name, obviously, because they're. I don't know if they're still married. I don't know. But um, they were like 28 years old, and I was 19. So this is giving <gasps> major Olivia Wilde, Harry Styles. Um, probably not on the up and up, you know, but it was great. It was the first girlfriend I ever had, and uh, she was married to a... Um, she was married to some guy that worked at Schlumberger as like a petroleum engineer and they were Polish and I would like go over to her house and just stay while her husband was there and we would just hang out and he, he just thought we were best friends. But. I mean, you didn't say their name, but that's a very specific career you just <laughs> threw out there, but Not okay. In Houston. in Houston, okay. everybody is a petroleom engineer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Everyone works at Schlumberger. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Historically, maybe y'all don't know this about OHA, but OHA has the worst taste in partners, except Rachel. Rachel um, is amazing, and I would steal Rachel if I could. Um, but OHA has historically the worst taste in yeah. men and women. It's a bit of that. Always unavailable, always like into, like almost into it, but not really into it, like very hot and cold. That's yeah. been my experience. She went through a phase of like asking out men. She saw John Hamm and she decided she was going to try to be straight. 
And so, so she cute. would almost exclusively ask out guys with the sideburns that connected like right before the beard. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. What a dark time in your history. <laughs> yeah, it was a little weird. It was a little weird. I feel like I'm kind of like a good luck Chuck for all those people because right after they dated me, they like dated the person they got married to. So you're welcome. You're <laughs> good welcome. Job. You were a catalyst. Yeah, thank you. I was a catalyst. Can't get enough of your favorite Lemonada Media podcasts? By subscribing to Lemonada Premium today, you'll gain access to fun and inspiring bonus content from all of our podcasts across the Lemonada Media network. As a subscriber, you can listen to never-before-heard interview excerpts between Julia Louis-Dreyfus and her A-plus guests on Wiser Than Me, laugh along with Elise Myers as she and her guests play a rapid-fire questions game on Funny Cause It's True, and continue to uncover new ways to make life suck less through our exclusive subscriber audio. Check out a free trial of Lemonada Premium today in the Apple Podcast app by clicking on our podcast logo and then the subscribe button. People love to pretend that there are simple formulas for living your best life now. Eat this and you won't get sick. Manifest it and everything will work out. But there are some things you can choose and some things you can't. And it's okay that life isn't always getting better. I'm Kate Bowler, and on Everything Happens, I speak with kind, smart, funny people about life as it really is. Beautiful, terrible, and everything in between. Let's be human together. Everything Happens is available wherever you get your podcasts. So what do you guys usually do on your birthdays? Like, what is your, do you guys go to parties? Do you generally have parties? Actually, I was at Mo's house for um, his birthday this year. Yes. But what are you you guys' like go-to things to do? Not a birthday celebrator, mostly because um, I was born in November and sometimes my birth, you know, because Thanksgiving is one of those holidays that's just the fourth Thursday of November. So occasionally my birthday lands on Thanksgiving. So like growing up, it was always around Thanksgiving. And so I was normally with my family and it was never like a, I never celebrated that big. And so uh, as I've gotten older, now I've like, you know, like I'll go to London where they don't celebrate Thanksgiving and I'll do some things like travel, but for the most part, like just you know, go out and have a dinner, whatever, drink some tequila. It's you could it's have whatever. a Kiki's giving, you could have like a party every year. At Ooh, Kiki's giving. I love that, and everybody only brings the size that you like. That's true. Mm-hmm. Corn, I do love corn. <laughs> you love corn, <laughs> I love corn. <laughs> that knob. <laughs> I usually like the, the thing I do for my birthday, and I've done for every birthday, is go and get few slices of pie mm. all the girls are like yes pie but also like i'm born on march 14th so and it's pie day oh so every pie place have like these very specific special pies so i go and i i do that that's uh, smart i like but that also again if you have not heard the day it's march 14th so you remember what that was like in 2020 
Yes. Uh, me going around and just being like, wow, it's so nice for my birthday. It's just being these treats. <laughs> Getting COVID and pie. Getting COVID just and pie, baby. Everyone is just like wearing like, like literally... You can like hear sirens and shit like that, and so much happening. And I'm just going inside a cafe and being like, "Well, well, well." I know people are dying, but it's also the day I was born, and I want pie. <laughs> oh, and it's God. important. It was it's very important. Yes. What about you, Stacy? Oh well, um, I feel like I am a big uh, a big birthday person. I'm a huge birthday person. Um, and I know a lot of people complain about the people that do too many celebrations, but I love to be around my friends. I love to celebrate <laughs> me. And so I'm doing dinners with people and people line up to do this. I don't know. Maybe I've just trained them. Um, <laughs> dinners, a party this year. I think I ate beef tartare three nights of the week of my birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a big, I believe that your birthday is your own new year's. So I'm a big goal setter, a big, um, I'm turning a new leaf today. Tomorrow I'm a different person. Um, and I love aging. <laughs> Famously. I love it. <laughs> Famously love aging. Well, it's your birthday. Oha. So I'm assuming you're just gonna just party like it's 1999. Well, I'll tell you right now, your girl's in Mexico again. And guess who's coming to see me? Stacy Lynn Daniels. She'll me, be here next right. week. Mm-hmm. She'll be here next week with my friend Leslie and then my little sister Irene and her best friend Reagan and my mom and my grandma and my mom's best friend. It's going to be a house full of literally like eight women and we're all going to get crunk and get in the pool um, and eat a bunch of raw fish and get too sunburned and a little too drunk and maybe fight a couple times, but then everything's going to be <laughs> magical the next Perfect. day. You know? I love it. I'm getting you an argument um, over dishes or something simple for your birthday. Oh, so, of course. Traveling with friends and family, you you will always have a little, like, the room is too cold. No, the room is too hot. Like, you can just, these are not people you live with except for these, you know, 10 days that, you, that y'all are going to be here. And I'm sure that we'll have absolutely the greatest time ever. Um, there will be lots of partying, lots of apologies lots the next day. Apologies. That's, That's right. exactly it. Well, we're going to move to sorry, not sorry now since we're in the subject where, you know, we either apologize to someone for something or the, or we demand an apology. And, oh, since it's your birthday, you're going to go first. I got to go first. Okay, okay, okay. I would like to apologize to Stacey Lynn Daniels. Um, uh, I would like to apologize to her for moving away from Houston to Chicago. It is truly one of the deepest, um, like, uh, pulls that I've ever had, but also the biggest regret of my life because I can't live right next door to Stacy. We literally lived next door to each other, like 90210 for like years and years and years. So I always had my little, like I had my little, um, my little apartment complex that was just the greatest time of my life. And I ended that era. And I'm so sorry that I did, of course, doing like fun things apart, but I love you so much. And I'm so sorry that I moved away. I'm always trying to convince her to move wherever I am. I'm never going to be able to because she's got such a strong pull in Houston. But I'm sorry for that, Stacey. Um, that's it. Not forgiven. Not forgiven. Well, Kiki, do you also want to apologize to Stacey or what's uh, what's going on with you? Um, I don't have 
any apologies for Stacey. I, I actually want an apology. Mm. Um, I love one of my favorite things to do when I'm just like in like a bad mood or, you know, just like having a shitty week is like rewatching like old Bravo shows that I really love, like when they were in their heyday. And one of those shows is Vanderpump Rules, like seasons one through four of Vanderpump Rules, I think is just like mm, elite reality television. And so I was feeling a little down. So I was like going to watch some last night. And all of a sudden this like thing popped up saying expires in 12 days. And I I'm thinking that means that Vanderpump Rules is no longer going to be available seasons one through six on Hulu in 12 days. And I am quite distraught about it. I hope that this is not this is not real. Um, but if it is, I need an apology from Hulu because there's no reason that you need to take down old episodes of Vanderpump Rules. Just leave them up. What is it hurting anyone? I agree in general about del- them deleting the shows because they keep doing this shit where they just like, like sometimes like even a show that you're currently watching, they're like, you're on episode 12 and they're like, okay, we're going to delete episode one now. Why? Why? Just leave it there. I want to recommend it to my friends. What's the, what's the rush? It's so weird. I hate yeah. it. Yeah. It's so funny because like they make it sound like they have like, uh, you don't have enough space. They just have to like, you know, <laughs> the hard drive is like too full now. I'm like, yeah, we need this like few gigabytes for this show. I'm like, no, I'm sure you can just put stuff out and just leave them be. Yeah. Just leave it be. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, Stacey, you go. What's what's going on with you? Who, who you want to apologize for too? I have a lot to apologize for, to be honest. I'm a very cancelable person in my real life. But mostly I would like to apologize to my own body. I realized today that I haven't had water in at least four months. I haven't had a full eight <laughs> ounces of water in one sitting in four months. I just like thought back, I was like cycling through when's the last time I drank like a whole cup and it's not water's touched my lips, but it hasn't really like breached the 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 real surface and uh, speaking of aging and birthdays, you just it really hurts worse the older you get. So I'm sorry to me. I've really let me down. You know, that's always <laughs> something that is, is funny to me when people say that they forgot to drink water or they have not had enough. Because I drink, I would say, too much. <laughs> like, I drink How? a lot of water. Wow, Mo. I Like, seriously... I, my my thing is just like I I just keep drinking like throughout the day. Like, it's not like even I'm th- like I'm just like, and it's not even like a health thing or like something I'm like cautious of. I just need to drink. Like I literally like finish like four of those. It's a tick every day. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Then this is virtue signaling. This is virtue signaling. This <laughs> is who? the definition. I want to be sick all... like you, Mo. <laughs> oh, I am virtue like signaling. <laughs> I mean, that's a flex. Too much water is a flex, let me tell you. The Patagonia, I... the Patagonia community is going to find you. Hey, they I'm, love that. It, it is, it is what it is, and I'm not gonna apologize. And for for me, I'm gonna demand an apology. And this is something that it's not, it's not a, an apology that I need just now. I feel like this is an apology I've needed for so long. But mm. I have paid so much money throughout the years for uh, paperwork for like immigration and stuff, mm-hmm. and it's insane. It's too much. It's too much. It does not make any sense. Most Mm-mm. of it, and I'm not just talking about. Only like the immigrant, like even like lawyers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And as much as I love my lawyers, but recently I w- I wanted to get like a uh, a travel document or like you know what, like an equivalent of a passport. 
and I went on to fill the form myself, and I was just like, ugh, I don't know, too complicated. It's two pages, but I'm just like, I'm not going to do that. If you get one category wrong, they'll send it back to you, and I don't want to deal with this shit right now. So I contacted like a few lawyers here in New York, and the cheapest one I got said $900. What? $900 oh. just to fill the form, just to fill it, ugh, just to, just to, to ask insane. me questions and, and just fill it. And I tried and I asked so many. And then yesterday, I just went to this uh, nonprofit in New York that just like help with like paperwork and stuff and literally spent 10 minutes. <gasps> they did it. It's done. They mailed it and they did not take uh, anything from me. Nothing. Zero. And the lawyers tried to charge you $900 for 10 minutes of work, essentially? It's insane. You should shout out that organization. Yeah, they're called (laughs) ANCOB, and they're in Queens, and they're they're fantastic. I mean, I know they accept donations and everything, so, you know, you should should do that. But it's just crazy to me that that's how much it took. Like, as much as I appreciate Mm -hmm. their time and everything, it's just like, I cannot believe a lawyer was going to take, like, $1,000 from me. Oh, I can believe it. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, yeah. It <laughs> For is, paperwork. It's just, and it's also like insane because like a lot of us like, you know, like we're talking about like immigration lawyers and stuff in New York. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, the people who come to this country with the least amount of money, uh, let's just uh, ask them for all the money. That That <laughs> makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think people have some like weird vision of immigration as if it was like just a breeze like everything else. But it's like it's cost prohibitive. Like if you're trying to come here on asylum or if you're trying to come here, even you're already here and you just want to process shit. It's thousands of dollars for people to do that. And it's so funny because people, are, yeah, people are like, "Why?" It doesn't make so any sense that they're like, you know, charging that much for like immigration, like and stuff like that. I'm just like, no, it makes sense because they don't want you to be here. What are you even yeah. saying? It's on purpose. Exactly. Yeah, they just yeah. they just want you to be like too expensive. I'm leaving. It's the most the most vulnerable people. They're just like, give me your money. Exactly, and the paperwork is just like complicated in a way that does not make any sense. It's just like every question feels like. It's a trick question. Because it is. <laughs> and I it is. It. It, it 100% is. Uh, anyway, yeah, I'm sure immigration is listening. They're listening to everything I'm doing. So Yeah, uh, so we, uh, we love them. We cherish them. Yeah, you're um, great. You guys are doing a great job. Thank you, America, for having me. Don't don't deport me though. Don't listen to anything I've said negative about you on this podcast. Exactly. Or this in is my a comedy podcast. Those were jokes. <laughs> Those were jokes. big jokes. Let me live here, please. I can't do comedy anywhere else. I'm just I'm just pushing the envelope by being edgy. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, thank you, Stacey, for coming. Um, for Oha's birthday celebration Happy episode. Birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday. Happy birthday, you. bitch. Thank you. Oh man. I love you all. Thank you for listening. I'm Sorry is a Lemonada Media original. The show is produced by Alex McCohen. Supervising producer is Chrissy Pease. Our executive producers are Stephanie Whittles-Wax and Jessica Cordova-Kramer. Our mix is by Kat Yor, and theme music was composed by Xander Singh. If you like this show, please rate and review. And please don't cancel us. You can find out more about our show at Lemonada Media on all social platforms or follow us on Instagram at I'm Sorry underscore podcasts. We'll be back next week. And until then, be nice, play fair, and always say I'm sorry. Thanks for listening.
Last Day from Lemonada Media explores the moments that change us. Those times where you look back and say, whoa, one day I was myself and the next I wasn't. I'm Stephanie Whittles-Wax, and I have seen time and time again how sharing these stories can change lives. So do you have a moment in your life that changed you fundamentally and forever? What happened? How did you move through it? And how did you eventually start again? If you'd like to share your story, go to bit.ly slash lastdaystories, B-I-T dot L-Y slash lastdaystories. We can't wait to hear from you. Feeling decision fatigue about what to make for dinner? We get it. I'm Jane Black. And I'm Liz Dunn. We're veteran food journalists, and as parents ourselves, we know how hard it can be to feed your family. That's why we created Pressure Cooker, a podcast that offers practical strategies for navigating the marketing madness and cultural expectations around mealtime. Each week, we'll check in with the experts. From social media diet trends to baby-led weaning and AI meal planning, we have all your food-related questions covered. Listen to Pressure Cooker wherever you get your podcasts.